everybody, welcome back to another episode of One of These Years. Of course, Nick Bumgarner, along with Colton Pouncey. Uh, after another Lions win, Colton, and another weird Lions win, I'll say. A weird game, but an interesting game nonetheless. Colton back from New Orleans. Probably a few pounds heavier, I hope, I imagine. Yes. Yeah? <laughs> How was oh, the yeah. trip? How were things? It was good. Uh, aside from the fact that it was raining, like, most of the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, well. was, still got a chance to go out and explore. Uh, had a hotel near Bourbon, so hit that a couple times. Um, had some beignets from Cafe Du Monde. Oh, right. Which was uh, hype. Yes. First time having them. Those were delicious. Yep. Uh, and then had some gumbo and, uh, yeah, watched the pretty crazy football game there. Yes, you did. So that's uh, a, a solid weekend. You got the whole taste. You got the uh, beignet and the gumbo. So good stuff. Uh, you'll be yes, ready for your next trip. But yes, yeah, so a weird game. Uh, in general, and I sort of like normally we just talk offense defense, but I almost feel like this one maybe should be I don't know we could probably almost I almost want to split it in half and half because it was a different type of game But I still think we should do it. We'll split it So let's start with the offense here because I think that's a good place to start because it's kind of petered out uh, as things went on but This is this was Sam Laporta's game. Yeah, I mean this was the, the yes, one if there hasn't I mean, there's been a few of these but this was really the one uh, more than anything, and I think that while Goff's like numbers at the end of the day, he's had better days with more impressive whatever. I think this was an I think this is going to prove to be an important game for him, and it was an important game for him because I feel like he got some of his confidence back in this game, and he was making some throws to Laporta and get trust in him right, uh, and some other guys too mm -hmm. made one to Jamison, didn't make one to him later, but you know maybe he comes back. But I mean I feel like he trusted Laporta in big time situations over the middle in ways that he hasn't been. With anybody in the last few weeks, and he, everybody got rewarded for it, right? So I mean, that first half, and then Sam Laporta's really entire game was pretty great, pretty great stuff. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think it helped that the Saints were giving some extra attention to uh, Amon Rossi and Brown yeah. in that game, which left some stuff for Laporta over the middle. Um, but that's why you go out and you draft a guy like that, right? So when teams are taking away your best playmaker, you have another one that can step right in and, and eat, you know. Right. And that's what Laporta did. Nine catches, 140 yards, touchdown. Um, you know, he was pretty early and often, you know, involved in this offense. Uh, Goff is looking his way. The trust that he has in him, as we talk about all the time, he's a rookie tight end, mm -hmm. but the trust that Goff has in him, Goff is a quarterback that, like, you have to earn that over time. Right. It just doesn't come really hard. naturally. And so for a guy like Laporta, where it did almost come naturally, that's what makes him so special. That's what makes that connection so special. Um, and the fact that he went out there, he's doing the, the things that he's doing uh, with the numbers. He's got 600-plus yards as a tight end, six touchdowns already. He's, like, setting NFL records every week. Um, that just speaks to the relationship, the connection, and the, and the bond they have on the field. It's pretty special to watch. Yeah, it was really the, a great draft pick. I mean, it really is a perfect fit for what they do and what they want to do because he, what he is, uh, and I don't want to, you know, it's hard to make these comparisons. I don't want to, he's not, it's not a player-for-player player comparison, but what he is in many ways is a Kelsey type player more than a Kittle in my opinion because he's essentially a slot receiver in, in a lot of what they do or a or an X in a lot of what they do as well like um, for instance one concept they scored on in this game uh, to St. Brown um, and I think it was a, I think it was the first quarter right and it, whatever it was it was early yeah. in the first half on that mm -hmm. uh, return route or I'm sorry it was the looky route the uh, option route that he runs a lot of times last year and in the previous year after Ben Johnson took over, one of their favorite concepts was was that right there on third down or on fourth down where you go two by two and you get St. Brown in the slot and you get Josh Reynolds or Chark or Khalif Raymond opposite him in the other slot 
St. Brown runs an option route, and the other guy runs the return route. So he goes out, and he comes back in. And it creates that conflict in the middle of the field, and it lets St. Brown sort of make a decision and do his thing. And golf just finds that thing every time. This, it's sort however, I would say, it became a little bit, you could see it coming, because the prediction, you know, two by two, and like I just said, this has been different. They, they put uh, Laporta in the slot, put it out to empty, and ran the same concept in a, in a formation that I've really never seen them do, because they have a guy who can be part of the blocking scheme in all ways, but also, like, you don't ever have to take him off the field for any reason in the pass game, and it's just the perfect hit. Like, I don't want to go back to TJ Hawkinson. I think everybody's moved on from that, but that's he could do none of that, none of that stuff in the game that we saw from Sam on all the stuff that he made after the catch and really some of the plays that he made going back behind him to catch the ball. No. I mean, Laporta is already a better prospect or a better player, in my opinion, and, you know, I'm surprised, frankly, at, at how well he has played in year one. I'm not surprised that he's been good. I knew he would be good. But this has been more than I even thought he would do. I don't know about you. You were there from day one. You said he looked pretty awesome right when it started in camp. So maybe after that happened, we uh, had a better idea. But, yeah, pretty good stuff. I remember it was, uh, what, early Mini camp, early even. May. Yeah, rookie camp. They were out for rookie mini, rookie mini camp. And uh, I tweeted, Sam Laporta was the best player on the field, and it wasn't even close. Yeah. And that's rookie minicamp, and you know, you got some guys that aren't going to make the NFL there, but right. he was dominating back then. And then you get to minicamp and OTAs, and he's doing the same thing, and he's out there with the first team, mm-hmm. and golf's throwing to him and looking his way. Like, the only player that was getting more targets back then was Amir Ross St. Brown. Right. Uh, and so Laporta immediately stepped up as his number two option. And I recognized that early. Um, I remember before the season, I put together like a fantasy uh, storyline oh, for the Lions. Oh, yeah. And I said, if you have a late-round pick yeah, man. and you still need a tight end, you're waiting on a guy, go get Sam Laporta because he's going to be the number two receiver on the You're winning some people exactly, some leagues with that one, I bet. I hope so. I hope you guys listen. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to be your favorite there. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, just I mean, what here's the difference to me between him and, and Hawkinson. Um, we talk about the yards after the catch. Yep. Um, that's obviously on display pretty much every week. Um, the contested catch stuff is Man, right, yeah. different. You don't see too many tight ends diving and going up for the ball the way that Laporta can do it. That's just different. You don't see a lot of guys that can do that in this league. Um, and like just the numbers that he's putting up, he's setting rookie records every week. Um, he's got seven games with five or more receptions. That's tied for the most, second most by rookie tight end in NFL history. Um, he's on pace to have the most receptions by a rookie tight end in history, the third most yards. Um, behind Mike Ditka and Kyle Pitts. And Ditka. Amazing. I mean, like, <laughs> that's the season we're talking about. 91 receptions, 962 yards, 9 touchdowns. That's that's his pace right now. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, and the most impressive thing to me when I watch him on the field is that the Lions trust him to run pretty much any route right. and line him up anywhere on the field. And some tight ends are limited. They can only do a few things, right? Like, they're mostly blockers, or maybe they can one, run, like, a couple routes in the route tree. Laporta can run everything. You can line him up anywhere, and you can have success, and you can trust him and throw him the ball in those situations, yeah. which is different than a lot of tight ends in this league. And so the Lions got themselves an absolute steal, and we've talked about that all season, but games like this just sort of reinforce that. The thing that makes Kelsey elite to me has always been, with Mahomes specifically, has always been his ability to uh, reset and then get open again after something breaks and Mahomes breaks the pocket. And it's like... You already are at a disadvantage covering an athletic tight end because you don't have whatever your guy is in man or even in a, a hook player in zone. 
is just not going to be the athlete that he is, right? So you're already at a disadvantage just covering the basic route the guy's going to run. When they reset and then find open space again, man, like, it's impossible to cover guys like that with a linebacker or a big safety. It just doesn't work when you have, like, really quick, twitchy, uh, agile athletes like that who can get going right off the shoot, like, right away. And that's what Laporta has. It's very Kelsey-ish to me. He has become, like, I started the season thinking this could be a Kittle-type guy who could, you know, maybe not be the blocker Kittle was, but also could be pretty close to that maybe with the effort and is going to make some plays. At this point, like, he's moving more toward, to me, the mold of a Kelsey, where you're you're asking him to do a, an awful, awful lot. And they not to say Kittle's not being asked to do a lot. He's asked to do more than probably anybody. But you're asking him to do a lot, a lot in the past game, and it's been awesome. I mean, he's like been, he's, he's been like St. Brown. Everything that they've... Because what you described with Laporta was the same thing with St. Brown, the year that they brought him in. And every step along the way that they tossed more stuff at him, he just kept going. He never slowed down. He never hit a rookie wall, right? He never... Here we are on December 7th, and he has not yeah. slowed down. It's been the same type of trajectory, and he's, to me, he's the same type of player. I'm, I'm glad you made that comparison, because that's exactly what Jared Goff said. Yeah, good, game. yeah, because they're the yeah. same guy. He said... He's as comfortable as any anyone I've ever played with, and for a rookie, it's pretty tremendous. Rarely has a misassignment, yep. um, rarely has a rookie mistake. Very rarely, such a reliable guy, and a guy that I count on the most crunch times. Mm-hmm. And mentioned that he hasn't seen a rookie like this since St. Brown right. um, in the second half. So, like, that's kind of the the, the that is high praise, buddy. About. Yeah, that's high. That's that's about as good as it gets mm-hmm. from golf, right? Like golf doesn't. Yeah, Amon Ra's like his favorite like player of all time. He's like saved his career. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> so if you're that same that same breath, my guy, you're doing something uh-huh. good. Um, so I mean, yeah, like there, there's not enough you know good things you can say about Laporta the season he's having. Um, I did ask him after the game. Um, at what point do you just kind of reflect on the things you're doing each each week and just the season <laughs> you're putting together? And he said. You know, after the season, um, you don't want to get caught up in all that. Just kind of muddle, muddies your vision, yeah. clouds your vision for the team and the success that we hope to have moving forward. So he's got it all. He's he on the field. Yeah. He's got the mindset you want. He's a, he's a dog, um, and they got themselves a damn good tight end. And the coolest part about Sam, I think, is that unlike Amon Ra, he actually will take the time to enjoy it. Like Amon Ra is never going yeah. to do that. Maybe when he's never like happy, eighty yeah. years old, but like not until then. And like Sam, I think is like lighthearted enough to be like he will enjoy it. he will he will i think he'll go home in this summer with his family and be like holy shit that just happened i caught 100 passes <laughs> in the nfl all that stuff right so that's good stuff yeah. uh, a great start for him of course and a great season really in general for him um but like in the lions this was another one of these where in the first it was 21 nothing uh they obviously get the interception but the offense everything they did worked in the first like five possessions or three possessions whatever it was you go up 21 nothing first quarter and it's like these are weird games, and these are weird games for a number of reasons because in the NFL, oftentimes we see a lot of this. A team gets up big on somebody, and it's hard to keep a lead because the other team gets really demoralized. And I don't know. What did you see from from the offense? To me, once Frank went down, you know, things get complicated, and you don't really want to start taking chances. I thought it was fine. I thought they did what they had to do, you know, based on some limitations with what they were working with defensively, which, again, we, we say that every week. That's what it is. I didn't really have too many gripes offensively. I don't know what you what you saw in general based on the start and everything else. That's enough to win the game. Yeah, I mean, the first drive to come out and they're just running it down the Saints' throats, and that's 
was right. that was very much intentional. That's something Dan Campbell said after the game. We had to get our offensive line back on track and give them some confidence, and we felt good about what we could do. You know, starting the game with that sort of script. Um, you you know, you score twenty one points in the first quarter. <laughs> I know everyone's like, oh, we can put up eighty today. Yeah. That's not really how it works in the NFL. You know, um, teams are going to come back. They're going to adjust, uh, and it can get close sometimes. And um, that's what we saw in this game. In terms of the offense, I think they certainly missed Frank when he went down. Yeah. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I think Graham, what he's been asked oh, to man. do all season. Yeah, he's been huge. Graham Glasgow, what he's been asked to do all season is probably in a tough spot. You know, he doesn't like a love playing MVP, center. He makes man. that very clear. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Graham makes it very clear that he doesn't love playing center. Because <laughs> someone asked him after the game in the locker room, like, hey, you know, you know, what does it mean for you to be able to kind of make that switch back and forth whenever the Lions need to? And he's like, well, you know, I have to go to the sideline. I have to get a new glove. Yeah, he's got his glove. <laughs> and i got to learn how to I gotta do center again. It's like, uh, <laughs> he's very much like, I'll do it. But, I mean, he plays well when he's over there. But I still think the Lions got a little conservative, and that was probably yeah. intentional with a big lead. And, you know, weren't trying to trying to press or make too many mistakes. You got Colby in there. Right, that is the bigger so, thing. Yeah. Yeah, you move Graham to center, Colby comes in at, um, at guard there and I don't know he's I don't think he's ready but it's he's sort been of a tough there. slog yeah it's been hard yeah um, so that, I mean that limits some of the things you can do um, right especially running the ball um, so I, I don't think the offense you know they weren't going to keep their foot on the gas like that but at the same time they probably could have cleaned some stuff up mm-hmm. um, and the defense kind of let the, let the Saints get back in it right. and all of a sudden it's a game I do think they bounced back late in the game and we talked about golf and like getting his confidence back I thought some of the throws he made late in that game, stepping up in the pocket, even he had one to Montgomery that Montgomery dropped. Yeah. The fact that he was able to find him and see him at all, that, if he catches that, that's a first down. Yeah, he played really well. He, I thought so, too. Um, so I thought that, yeah, the fact that you can rely on Jared Goff in the fourth quarter again, I thought that was good, um, you know, making throws they needed to make. So overall, I mean, you put up, what, 33 points? Yeah. I think you feel pretty good about your day overall. It wasn't your fault that they got back in it. Right. So, yeah, I think. Pretty good performance. I think the offensive line thing is interesting because um, what you see there when Ragnar goes out, which happens way more than you'd like to see, and I don't know, have they said anything about his situation for next week? Is he up, down? Sounds like he could miss the Bears game. Miss, yeah, so that's um, tough. Um, so what it does is Glasgow's been a godsend for them. <clears throat> I mean, he's been one of their best additions the whole year. I think Campbell more or less said as much this week. Uh, it's been amazing, mm-hmm. an amazing pickup for them because he has been able to help them really avoid a lot of what would have been a disaster if Frank goes out when you don't have a quality backup. I mean, it's just a, an even bigger mess, right? So he's gone over there and played. Graham has had one of the best seasons of his career, I think, to this point. But the real issue, yes, like you said, is, is Sorsdahl and it's just been up and down and inconsistent. And it's good that he's getting these reps. Don't get me wrong. It's really good that he's getting yeah. these reps. Because um, I do think he's a guy who seems to have a good head on his shoulders every time I've heard him talk. Or the yeah. guys seem to no, like him. Um, great and team. they keep giving yeah. him chances, which says everything about that, too. It's not like they don't have other options there, right? So, you know, you hope that maybe if you have to keep going this way, that one of these days Sorzal has a better day. But, like, the real strain is, like, Glasgow then goes from getting to play between friggin' Sewell and Frank to having to be like, oh, shit, now <laughs> I have to play. You know, at least at least Jackson's back, right? And that was good to see. And you can immediately feel what Jonah gives to them. But it does complicate things, right? Because especially with Vitae not healthy, um, that would be obviously ideal. And that 
yeah. really speaks forward to maybe a, an issue that you look at in the offseason is you say, if you say, well, I don't think they'll be ready to give up on Soros at all. I don't think they've seen enough for that. But, like, do you go out and spend some money on a, a swing guy who can just play? You know, I don't know how much you'd spend on him, but just a veteran who, okay, because we do rely on this line so much, guys are getting hurt. It's going to happen. We have to have probably six and a half pretty good players up there, right? It, it, I would think. It's interesting to think about. Yeah, you know, we talk so much about the offensive line and the potential, but the, the truth is they haven't had their group, and they yeah, that's been the case for years right. now, right? Like, you got to keep drafting. It's them. always yeah. one guy. I agree. Yeah. So I don't know. Some of these guys are getting up there. Um, the injuries keep piling up, and it's just inconsistent nagging injuries. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. Like um, Jonah gets healthy, then all, all of a sudden he plays one game, and then he's out again. Um, Frank is looking good, then he has to miss some time. Yeah. It's like. You know, Decker missed some time early in the season. It's always one guy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see about Frank. Uh, he was, I think the injury designation was an injury, or a, a knee injury, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, which, like, when it happened, you're not feeling great. He was down on the ground for a while. Right. Trainers were, you know, talking to him for a minute there. Um, and Campbell said after the game that they initially thought, you know, it could be pretty bad. Then they got some better news. Uh, so I don't. He didn't really elaborate, but to me, yeah, okay. you know, obviously, seems like he, you know, dodged the ACL. The, you know, stuff is intact there. He just might need some time to kind of recover. Okay. So maybe if that's two to three games, yeah. you know, we'll see. Um, but it sounds like he'll they expect him back before the end of the season. Yeah. Um, so that's good news. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this offensive line, like I, I would probably look at some whether it's a draft pick or that's what I was just some insurance, just because, you know. It's 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 just the product of this group now at this point. Like you can't re- expect them to to be healthy. You can't rely on them to be healthy. No, not for seventeen over the weeks. course of a full yeah. season. Yeah, that's that's the thing. And, so. and that was like if I had one gripe over the last couple of years that remained like a small gripe or whatever about the way they drafted, it was I would have taken an offensive lineman earlier than they did last year, and maybe even considered it the year before. In addition to because, like we said, I mean, it's either you sign a guy like that. Or you keep drafting them. Like, you know, you just got to keep guys coming in. Like, Philly does that now. Obviously, it works because you've got two tent poles, or more than two now. But you keep drafting guys and you keep rotating them in. I mean, the Lions have a really good staff, really good line coaches they can develop. I wonder if that yeah. might be the move going forward. But anyway, that's another topic for another day. This was also uh, another day where I think Jameson Williams Colton made some strides. Uh, you know, he had a terrific route. Uh, that he got open for and, and finished on a ball that wasn't probably the best throw earlier in the game. Scores on the reverse. I cut up a play where he absolutely destroyed a guy on a on a quick route that got open on a slant that Goff tried to throw it deeper on the other side and said and he missed him. The, wide the open. trust yeah. there seems to be improving. It's not to the level that people would love, but that definitely seems to be improving because I got a lot of people who were like, God, Goff's got to trust him at some point. I'm like, I feel like he is trusting him a little bit more. It's getting better, like what you said earlier. Slowly but surely. It's like you said earlier, man. It takes a long time with golf and with all guys, really. And um, i got to wonder if this is starting to... I feel like we're due to see a, a Jameson breakout here. Am I wrong? Yeah. He has really been close, I think, at this point. He's been doing the work and everything else. I think he's due. To me, it's like to earn golf's trust, you need to do the little things, yeah. the details... And you have to be on your P's and Q's, right? And it's like, JMO wasn't doing some of that stuff. Like, we would see it occasionally in training camp, mm-hmm. but the, it was too few and far between. 
Um, sometimes you're just running like just straight up the wrong route, and that's not going to get <laughs> yeah, his trust. Right. <laughs> um, and so I do think it's coming along slowly but surely. Um, like that first completion was, I thought that was that was a perfect sign of some of that one of his best catches, yeah. chemistry. Yeah, he went out and got it. It wasn't the best ball, but he made a play for his quarterback, and I think that earned him some brownie points there. Um, the little drag route that he ran, like where he was open immediately, that's something that Goff has to. Yeah, he's got to throw that. that that's still the work in pro- yeah. progress there with that relationship because he's got to throw that. He was open. If you do connect on that, you're probably talking that's about a touchdown game at least. <laughs> probably a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I didn't see the all twenty-two, but yeah, probably a touchdown. <laughs> with as fast as he's moving, man. I mean, you saw the the GPS on the reverse, right? It was twenty-one miles an hour and twelve yards for God's sake, wherever it was. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was that was pretty crazy. Um, and yeah, I mean, I do think they just need to get the ball in his hands more. Like we've seen enough at this point. Yep. Like he's, they say he's come along in practice. He's asking the right questions. He's shown on the field. He's trying to make some plays. Give him the ball more. Mm-hmm. Like let's see what he can do. It's time to take the training wheels off. I think with Jameson Williams. Yep. Um, so I. But to answer your question, yes, I do think the budding chemistry is there with Goff. Um, you know, it's just going to take a little bit more time. I think. And I think that the training wheels part is up to Goff now because I do think that the offense. I think Ben Johnson has taken him off. I think he's he's got him in there, and it's you know now it's about that. You know, you have to trust that read, and it's it's it oftentimes the things that pop up that are misses where he gets open and Goff doesn't throw it to him or whatever. It's usually in like a critical down and a critical point in the game, right? Where he decides yeah. I want to go to Reynolds instead. I mean, who could fault you? Who could fault anybody for that, right? So, um, but to your point, that instinct needs to start changing because he is doing the things that should be trustworthy. You got to start giving him more of those shots, and you're never going to know until you give him a chance on third and eight and see what happens because he can turn a six yard dump into a 45 yard touchdown. Like, he can do all of that. Like, and he's the only guy other than Gibbs who I really liked what they did with him again in this game, got him involved early. He was on the field, I think, on the first play. With 20, they had the 21 in there. So mm-hmm. I almost wonder if the trajectory is similar in a different way that, you know, this year they started out again at the bottom with Jamison, worked him back up. Maybe now, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, some good stuff there. That was really encouraging to see. You certainly hope it comes the last five games of the season before the playoffs. Because exactly. Can Could be a huge difference. Team win a playoff game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Could be a huge difference. Sure. I mean, you, it's not just gimmick stuff. You know what I mean? Like that's. I feel like, and that was the realization I think I had watching that game back was, it's probably been like this for a minute. But the Lions are beyond the gimmick thing for Jameson. He is a full package part of the offense. And I know Campbell said he's one of the guys now. I think that's what that means, really. That he's not. Just like okay, we got the Jameson package or the special thing, a decoy, yeah, or, or yeah. whatever. Like we got to go to the personnel group that we never use except for three times a game to get this kid in here. Like no, he's just in there now. He gets his regular rotation and he's with everybody else and he can run the whole thing and they don't, and they trust him to run everything. So that's where we're at with it. And if that's where they're at with it, then I would expect to see something down that. Yeah, I think you're you're right. He could definitely be a guy who changes and makes a difference in a playoff game. Uh, yeah. One thing he uh, he shouldn't do. Is uh, dive into the end zone from the four yard line, <laughs> land at the five in, in the end zone. Uh, Antoine Randallel uh, <laughs> went on with uh, Jeremy and his his crew and said, "No, we don't like that stuff. <laughs> he, he knows he's he knows better than that." So <laughs> knock that garbage can, off. Can have him uh, hurt in the shoulder when you're just starting to uh, get going here, buddy. Yeah, his he celebrations just... are very dangerous. That is true. He could be a little calmer <laughs> with some of that. 
it's either it's either something elaborate like that, or like he'll just run around the stadium with the ball yeah, in his hand like, uh, uh, for like twenty seconds, which is less dangerous than the diving. I feel like, but yeah, yeah anyway, yeah, for sure. Okay, so moving on here uh, defensively, uh, more of a challenging day, but also I thought there was some good and some bad here, Colton. I think that the first thing I noticed, or one of the first things I wanted to watch live, and then going back was how Jack Campbell played. We talked about last week. Uh, obviously, you're going to be out. You're going to be without Anzalone, which is good news, bad news, because the bad news is he's playing really well and you'd like to have him out there. Good news, it forces you to just leave Campbell in there in the stack and leave him alone, which is exactly what they did. He didn't play any edge. He didn't do any other stuff. He just stayed in the middle. And I thought, Colton, this was probably his best day, or one of his best days. Maybe, all things considered, his best day, because he played more than he has in any other time. So, I mean, he, I thought, was what you want him to be. Derek Barnes... May have had uh, one of his worst days, <laughs> so it's not really on the same page. But Campbell, you know, I don't know. What did you see from him? I thought, all things considered, that was a an encouraging day from Jack Campbell. I did too, and that was kind of what I was waiting to see. Um, yes, obviously, you get an opportunity like that uh, without Anzalone. He was excited about the opportunity. Obviously, you don't you don't want like right? You, a, well, yeah, you don't want to, to go hurt, down, yeah. and but like I think it's. He, he was eager to prove himself, mm-hmm. right? Like, he'd probably heard some of the noise out there. Um, and that's a guy that was drafted high, you know, 18th overall. You don't see too many first-round linebackers. And right. um, they were playing him out of position. And a lot of people go off PFF grades um, just to form their own analysis without watching the tape <laughs> right, or anything right, like that. Yeah. Um, and his PFF grade was not great. So I think a lot of people formed opinions off that. And so... To see him go out there and he was like kind of cleaning up everything. Like he was um, around the ball all day. Yeah, played really. He was well. around the ball all day. His range, I think, was on display a little bit. Um, I was impressed with with the day he had. I know Dan Campbell said the same thing that that was probably his best game of the season, uh, best performance of his young rookie career. Um, and I thought he stepped in very well for Anzalone. Now it sounds like Anzalone will be able to bounce back and play this week. That's good uh, against the Bears. That's good news. Um, so now you got your rookie linebacker some confidence. You get your stud veteran back. You, you should feel a little bit better about that linebacker group. Um, I think Jack is better off for a game like that, for sure. Yeah, the downswing of that is that Barnes didn't play well. And he's been sloppy the last several weeks. And it's... I have always liked Barnes for the role that they were putting Campbell in, frankly, earlier. And yeah. they never really... And they don't do it a lot. I actually thought that would have been a good thing for him as a rookie, even. Because he can pass rush. If you go back to his college tape at Purdue, he was a really Purdue. good... Put you know on third down they would put him down at defensive end put in a three point stance and he would just cook a tackle because he's such an athlete. I would like to see more of that. I mean you talk about again. I saw Campbell or Aaron Glenn I think today actually said this about uh, Aiden's situation where he's like Aiden is like two or three in the NFL in pressures and he only has five sacks. Some of that obviously right it can be I guess Aiden. Most of that is that no one else is ever beating anyone. Ever and he's being doubled and tripled and blah blah blah. I, that is such know, an anomaly. You know yeah, how hard it's it is crazy. to have like <laughs> so many pre- like third in the league in pressures and have five and a half sacks. I know everyone judges off of sack totals, but like his win rate is still an outstanding. Player. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes, his win rate last week was thirty five point one percent. He didn't get any that was sacks. Best in the NFL. And he didn't get any sacks. That's crazy to me. I think some positive regression is is due. Pretty. Yeah, I think, I think so, too. Like a yeah, I agree. Two-sack game here pretty soon, mm-hmm. and it's going to get people off his back a little bit. But, yeah, sorry, continue. <laughs> no, I agree. I mean, because I think that Barnes could be the type of guy right now because you're desperate for it. You just don't 
you know, they don't have it. They don't just we've established that Bruce Irvin actually made a couple nice plays. I mean, I thought. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it's just not there. And if you're relying on Bruce, God love him to get a, to be the only guy, it's just not enough. And so I would like to see if all if Anzalone's back, leave Campbell in there as the starting, you know, will or whatever it is, or make Anzalone be the will and let him and let Campbell be the mic and just let him do what he did last week and then have Anzalone fill in next to him and then have Barnes be like a specialty guy. That's what I would prefer they start doing. I wonder if and I wonder if that'll start happening because Barnes has been sort of on the down and Campbell now is starting to climb up a little bit here. So I'm looking at some PFF numbers right now and like I kind of sense this, but they have significantly decreased uh Jack's uh Sam stuff. You know, yeah. Sam stuff. Um he hasn't he hasn't like the last five games we'll say Four snaps, one snap, two snap, three snaps, four snaps along as a lined up as a defensive lineman. Yep. The week before that, uh, week seven, he had twenty seven snaps. So it's gone down a lot. And I will say I've looked at Barnes. I think Barnes is kind of trending the opposite way. And I, that's something that stuck out to me because Anzalone said that they were trying to get Barnes to play some more Sam. Okay. Kind of basically switch that role. Yeah. Um so Barnes played thirteen defensive line snaps uh against the, the Saints. Yep. Um, he played eight against Green Bay, and he played thirty-one against the Bears a couple weeks Good. ago. So I think, I think we'll start to see a shift there. That that to me is pointing to uh, a shift. And, yeah. Um, I wonder if the Bears stuff because he played thirty-one as a defensive lineman against the Bears. I wonder if that's like, you know, an effort to contain Justin Fields a little bit. Yeah, yes, I, uh, I bet he does it so again. So we could see more of that this week. Yeah. That that would be my guess if they try to go that route again. And I think that's and leave Jack at Mike. And I think that's good because I think that if you just yes, if you leave him there, because I think Barnes was having the same problems that Campbell has in the stack was like if he's bouncing back and forth, like some of the misses he has or some of the misfits that he has are just because he was like two seconds ago you were on the line trying to rush the passer, and now you're back here trying to fit the run on a play action, and you don't know what the hell's going on. And it's like, that's a lot. And he's still a young player. So, um, yeah, I think just if Anzalone's healthy, I, I know that they've gotten Reeves Maven back in there a little bit more too. I would even start giving some of those backup roles to him. And I know they did that last week. Start giving some of the backup reps to him and just leave Derek Barnes alone as a Sam linebacker slash situational pass rusher for, like, the rest of the season. The rest of the season. Because... Who's to say, like we just said this, Aiden's going to have a day somewhere in here where he gets some stuff going. And at some point, they're going to have to overcorrect, and somebody is going to get some crazy one-on-ones, and they're going to have to win one or two. Like, who's to say it can't mm-hmm. be Derek Barnes cutting off, doing a James Houston and ripping off three sacks in five weeks or something? I mean, he's an athlete. You could do it. I mean, you need yeah. bodies up there. You need twitch. I, I think that's that's a good observation because it seems like that's where they're going. I would like to see that, just to see if he can do it. Right? Yeah, right. Like, what are you, he's what got to length, too. He's a weird-shaped linebacker. And what do you have to lose, exactly? And, like, to me, if he can't do it, and as as important as that Sam position is becoming, obviously they want someone that can do that. They start off with Charles Harris. Yep. That didn't really work. They tried to get James Houston in that role in the, in the training camp, and he wasn't really adapted to that well. Um, tried to put Jack there. That didn't work. Barnes, like, let's see. And if not... That could be a position you go out and draft. Look for a hybrid, right. you know, defensive end linebacker that actually has played that in college, and that's going to translate to the NFL. That's what I would like to see. But in the meantime, Barnes, absolutely, I think I I, I agree with you. Like leave him there, see what he can do. Um, he has some experience doing that in college. 
so why not? Yeah, yeah I, agree. I, I agree. I think that'd be cool. And it's a guy that needs it. You know, he's a hungry guy. He wants to play and all this. And now you're back at a point. Hopefully, guys are healthy. And if Anzalone gets hurt again, like I said, I would just start giving those stack reps to somebody else and leave those two young guys alone because they're they're good athletes. And they and we just saw it with Campbell. If you let him alone and let him do his thing, it's gonna. And so I wonder if Barnes. A similar thing maybe happens, or I don't know. But, I mean, something's got to give, though, Colton, because the secondary just is what it is. And at this point, I just don't know what else to say. Obviously, it's uh, more than a bummer that Aline McNeil goes down. That's going to complicate matters more than yeah. more than they can even replace. But, you know, personnel-wise, they have what they have. And that's why I kind of think let your best athletes be your best athletes and find ways now for the rest of the season to just let those guys go make plays. Get Brian Branch in situations where he's able to make plays. Hutchinson, anybody else who's got a pulse, right? Like because you're down. You're just this is not the deck that you thought you'd have defensively, and you got to do what you got to do with it. And people can complain every week on Twitter all they want. The you know they're just short on guys right now. There's nothing else to say. Yeah, <laughs> nothing really else it, to say. It's just like who who I, are these people? Every time you look up, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> They're signing 36-year-olds off the yeah, street. Right. Like, they're down bad. And some of these guys are playing their butts off. They always find them. The big dude, yeah. uh, Bohannon, uh, Bohanna, yeah, plays yeah. his ass off. But, I mean, it's like uh, Irvin. But it's like, it's not enough. And, yeah, it's what it is. They just signed uh, Tyson Alualu, oh, uh, former him. Steelers defensive lineman. Mm. Uh, okay, so yeah. So, I mean, wow. like, Jeez. some of these guys, like, they're like... I think he said in the locker room yesterday that he was waiting, you know, obviously one of those veterans that was waiting for an opportunity with a contender yep. late in the season. Um, so it worked out. Uh, Campbell was asked about signing Ndamukong Su. Uh, it said, we looked at everything, and we determined this was what was best for us. So it seemed like they didn't have a ton of interest in him. So That's right. But they are looking, and they're at a point where, like, they have to scrape the bottom of the barrel. Like yes, that's, right. You know, that's where they are at this point in season. They didn't make a move at the deadline. I know a lot of people are mad at that, but I would say look at some of those trades and how those have worked out because a lot of them just haven't really made much of a difference besides, you know, Monta Sweat. I think, mm-hmm. and you know, that was a move that you weren't going to outbid no, the Bears for the high yeah. second round pick. Um, Chase Young was already added to a stack defense that probably could have bounced back without him. Hard, yes, um, he's teeing off because he's getting singled up. Yeah, anyway, I'll yes. not go on and keep going. Yeah. We, well, we've talked about this. We'll move on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it's like, we even on the last episode where I was going through pros and cons of Aaron Glenn and what he could do and differently, it's like, now you lose a lean and it's like, his hands are tied. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, maybe try some different things. Maybe you can be more creative. I know people want to see some adjustments made in-game, and that's probably fair, but, like, like at this point, you are what you are. If you're signing dudes off the street, like... Trying to hang on. You get some guys back, it, it, you got to tape this together, man. Like, And that, I know that people hate to hear super this. Super glue in this defense. That's what it is <laughs> Yeah, right and I know he, people hate to hear this, including Aaron Glenn. But that is what he's best at. That is what he's been best at. That is what his... I think, so far, has been his, like, superpower. Has been to take... And this is why they give him these situations. This it's not fair, but like his best strength as a coach is to take like lemons and make lemonade and figure it out. Like some of the best performances that they've had under Aaron Glenn have been when they've been like, how in the hell are they going to get this week together? You know, like and they figure and they the figure wall. it out. Like that's yeah. usually when he is at his best. Um, 
And I know people don't like to hear that because that's like, why can't he be at his best when we're healthy or whatever? Which is <laughs> like, that's not to say that that's the case though, because we, they're never healthy. And it's like, nobody wants to hear that. I know it's not the ideal situation, but like, he is very good at that historically. He's been very good at finding ways because because the guys that he keeps, everybody is like, why in the hell is that guy still out? You know, Jerry Jacobs, uh, Will Harris. Reeves Maven, like these are guys that he trusts, like with his with his damn life, damn near, right? Like, I mean, he really puts his trust into him, and just like I'm not going to play a guy unless I trust him to be in a fight with me, and they respond for him oftentimes in ways that's above their head. Now, you can't go to that well every time, but you know that's where Aaron Glenn, I feel like, usually earns his stripes is finding a way when there's nothing else there. I agree, and it's like they're. I feel like it gets overshadowed. There has really been does. overall improvement this year. And like when you're talking about a defense that was near the bottom last year in yards allowed, and now you're 14th, I think, in, in the NFL. Right. That is that's pretty good improvement. That's that's You get to the middle of the pack. That's what we were kind of talking about in the offseason. Like you're not going to jump from like 32nd to like 5th in one offseason with the moves they made. They didn't really have no. like a ton of big names. Uh, it's not like you're adding like five first round picks right. along the defensive line, whatever stuff like that. So it's like you made some marginal signings. Um, you get to you lose some of those guys. <laughs> some of those guys aren't even playing, and you still get to you know middle of the pack. Now the issue is like scoring. I think they're twenty third, um, giving up twenty three point eight points a game. The issue with that is their red zone defense is porous. It's so bad. Uh, they're 30th in red zone efficiency, 30th in goal-to-goal efficiency. And, like, in that area of the field, that's just about winning exactly. one of the matchups. There's no space. Right. Yeah. There's no space. You can't really scheme your way. You can't play zone in, in, in the red zone and goal-to-goal. There's no coverage down uh, there. It's just called, on the sheet, when they sort it, it's just called RZ. There's nothing. There's nothing there. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, so. That's not on the coordinator. <laughs> that's on players to win their matchups. And that, to me, speaks volumes because they're they're – Basically dead last in the NFL, like third worst. That's all it is. And that just Athletes. speaks to one-on-one matchups yep. and winning your individual battles. And they aren't doing that. And I don't know what Aaron Glenn can do to, like, he's not like he can suit up anymore. He's long done with his playing career. <laughs> so it's on the guys he has to go out there and win their battles, and they aren't doing that. And, like, until that changes, until they tighten up in the red zone, they're going to give up some points, and it might just have to be a sort of bend-don't-break situation. Yeah, um, you just have to make them take the long way and so, hope they screw up. You just, that's, yeah. and he hates playing like that. I know it. He does. He really and he does. really does. And But he's good at it. He, I mean, when they are stay... Because that's the thing is he's a really smart coach. I, I really think he understands how, you know, games flow and how to, you know, attack against certain people. Especially when you're down and up against it. And it is staying disciplined and just staying back and staying in a shell and making sure guys just play a look and don't get crazy. Don't do anything stupid. Like... He doesn't want to have to go back to like how they were doing things at the end of 2021, but I don't think you have much of a choice at this point because you're going to have to just score points and figure out a way, yeah, to uh, muck it up enough to maybe get a couple punts. Here, here's where I stand with the defense right now. You're, you just are what you are, but at the same time, you got five games left. You are in a good spot with the division. Um, I ran the New York Times simulator, playoff simulator. Mm-hmm. And I think they gave the Lions like a 94% chance oh, to yeah, win I saw that. the MC North based on like 192,000 <laughs> simulations. 
So good. <laughs> it would take a lot to lose a division <laughs> at this point. Um, they basically, if they win three games, it's theirs. If they win two and like I think Green Bay loses one, it's theirs. Um, so they're in a good spot, all things considered. So like, you get the division, get a home playoff game, mm-hmm. get your seating right. You got five games left. Just weather this storm. Yeah. Um, and then you'll get reinforcements back because Aleem, he's got to miss the next four games. But it sounds like that's the only. You know, stretch they expect him to miss. Like he should be back for maybe even the week eighteen finale against the Vikings at four, at. That'd be huge. Yeah. Um, James Houston was in the locker room yesterday for the first time. I haven't seen him since like week two, wow. and he was in there saying, "Yeah, I hope to be back before the end of the season." Uh, you know, rehab is coming along in a good place right now. Uh, hoping to be back in a couple weeks here. A playoff so, ad right there. That's a you're getting a guy that had eight sacks in seven games. The speed rusher off the edge. Who, who could come right in, buddy? Guys. Microwave. Yeah. Literally yeah. come right in. Stop the bullshit playing him at Sam. Just let him like be a pass rush yeah. specialist. Like, don't play him. Like, just let him. Oh, they will. He won't do anything, but yeah, he'll just be microwave. Don't drop him into coverage because that's what they were trying to do with him. And they were doing this thing where they overload players. And I remember. Just, yeah. You know what his strengths are. Just let him get after the quarterback. And I think that's what, what they'll do. They won't have a choice by that. In the mix. <laughs> they really won't. I mean, and his pass rush win rate before he went down, oh, I know his limited sample size, but it was 23.1%, which was 10th in the league. His career rate is, like, insane. <laughs> it's insane. It's like almost 30% or something like that. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, when people say, oh, why should we trust this, you know, six-round pick? That yeah, was, I think I'll, I'll trust him. just a situational player. <laughs> that situation is pretty good. It's pretty dire right now, it actually, a big for deal team for them. without him. Yeah, right. And so when you get him back, he can absolutely make an impact. Don't tell me, like, oh, he's just a part-time player that part-time that he's giving you can win you some games absolutely agree and then and then finally um cj garner johnson you know there's probably a bit of a disconnect between his timeline and the lions timeline but he did post on instagram saying that uh he had the date december 20th and then like a lion emoji uh (laughs) which would be i think that's a wednesday okay that would be the wednesday before the vikings game um Okay. And that would be the first day of practice. I got it. Uh, okay. Like, obviously, yeah. they practice on Wednesdays. Um, so, it seems like that's his target date. So, who knows if he'll be able to play immediately when he gets back to practice, if that is the date. Um, but at the very least, you can ramp him up. It sounds like he could be ready for the playoffs. So, that's three impactful players that you'll be getting back to a defense that desperately needs all the talent it can get. And I think if you can get them, hopefully by week 18, mm-hmm. at least give them one game to kind of get out in the field and... You know, get back into a you know football life. Uh, I think you'll be better off for it before uh, the playoffs start. So yep. that's that's where I'm at with the defense right I now. Agree. They just got to do what they have, get through the stretch, and then get some guys back for the playoffs. And they do have more talent than they've had in years past um, to hang in. I don't want to make it sound like they don't because they do. You know, guys yeah. like Jack, guys like Branch, um, Aiden. You know, even in some cases. Um, it's just not as much, and you're, and this is why the back end of your roster is, uh, is always really important. And, you know, it was always funny to me when Patricia and Quinn were here. They always talked about how important that back half, that back end of the roster has got to be great. Like, boy, you boys better do something about the front end of that roster. One of these days, it's not going to matter. <laughs> but, but, but Campbell has always, as the, you know, it's, has always done this. The back half of it has always been filled with guys that, like, I'll go into a street fight with these dudes, right? And, like, whatever. Yeah. And Bugs is one that comes to mind who's still here and hasn't been used the way he wanted to, but okay, you're going to get your ch- your shot now. And God knows they trust this guy. So 
you know, it could be worse. Is 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 my end of the day situation here? It's not. It it has been worse. We've seen it worse. This is not the worst it's ever been. But the frustrating thing that I think people are conflating with Aaron, the whole like Aaron Glenn needs to be fired thing is insane. No, he does not need to be fired. People are conflating frustration with what could have been with this defense with what's happening, which is just reality of you got hurt. And, like, nobody's yeah. fault. Nobody can be faulted with that. So there's a lot of frustration that gets misplaced with that. But I think, I hope, if we see the Lions play well in these coming weeks here, Chicago is another one, you know, this is a winnable, obviously, a winnable football game. Uh, you didn't play well the last time you played the Bears, right? You can bounce back. If you see some encouraging play over these next couple weeks, I hope at least people take notice of that. Because I don't yeah. think this is a disaster I don't think it's even close to being a disaster on defense. They've improved, like you said earlier, Colton. Their their total yards allowed by half. Like, they've jumped yeah. up half. Like, that's insane. So, I think that all things considered, they've probably done some really good things this year that people just don't want to give them credit for. But that's the NFL. And that's just life as a defensive coordinator, defensive coach in the league. You deal with it. And Aaron Glenn will deal with that everywhere he goes for the rest of his career. And he knows it. So, how it goes. I don't know. Yeah, man. Just got to get through the stretch. That's yep. what I keep coming back to. And we got a good test this week. Um, I agree. If they do play better against the Bears this time and the defense kind of does its thing, will Glenn get some credit? Probably yeah, not. Well, that's, that's what I'm okay. hoping. That's what I'm telling everyone right now. Like if <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he will. Like if but, they do know, what I, Colton is saying <laughs> they need to do and just sort of gut it out over these next couple weeks and win some games like, you know, ugly, like score some you know, 35, 24, stuff like that. Fuck. <laughs> Yeah. Then he's done a hell of a job because they've got nobody left, and just yeah. get yet to the dance and get a couple guys back, like you said, and then it's a totally different situation, man. Like you can get some momentum shoved into you too, a little bit, a little bit of life at the end. Uh, yeah. yeah, just you got to get through it. Um, but it starts this week in Chicago. You got any specific Bears thoughts here? Uh, their situation is uh, not great, but you know, I do. They have been. Playing better. They remind me of the I old Lions in some ways still, a little bit. Sneaky, sneaky team. Mm-hmm. Um, we know what Justin Fields is. Uh, we saw DJ Moore, what he was Ooh. able to do against the secondary last time. Uh, they got some running backs healthy. Um, some pieces along the offensive line. Yeah, I love Darnell you know, Wright. Yep. He's been awesome. Yep. Yeah. Defensively, Montez Sweat's made a difference over there. Uh, they are forcing... Turnovers. Yes. They're, they have, what, eight takeaways their last two games? Um, so they're coming along, man. I mean, and that's that's a road game. Like, they barely won that game last year in the Lions did. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was Campbell's first was road early, run, I yeah. want to say. Yeah, one of his first road runs. Um, so, yeah, man, I, like, we the Bears aren't going to back away. We saw that a few weeks ago. Like, they got stuff to prove. Eberflus is coaching for his job. Yes. Fields is playing for his job. Right. Um, and when you get into that, those dire situations, backs against the wall, some teams rise and some teams fall. But, I mean, this Bears team just might rise and, and beat you. Yeah. So, um, I think the fact that the Lions did get a good test and almost lost that a couple weeks ago will kind of raise a sense of ur- urgency a little bit going into this one. I think they'll be ready to play. They'll be sleepwalking. If you limit some of those turnovers, they probably win that game by more than they did in the end, like 31-26, I think. Um, so... We'll see. I think the Lions are a better team if they do what they need to do, take care of the ball, get enough stops. Not every stop, but just enough. Right. Um, they should be able to pull this out. And I'm going to add on top of that, basically just to 
exclamate your point there, which was both were correct, and that Fields and Iberflus are, you know, competing for their jobs, which is a unique situation. Uh, to me, this game for Chicago is a big friggin' huge deal. I think yeah. low key, whatever. Maybe it's not. Maybe in Chicago they think it. They they've all talked about this, but if they get a win here and Fields plays well and things do go well, because I talked to um, Adam Hogan Johns earlier this week. I know you you guys were yeah. on there last week, a couple of weeks ago, and they were like, "It's not a guarantee that they fire everybody. It's not a guarantee at all. Like it's still like a lot is still sort of like up in the air there about what they're going to do when the time comes with these draft picks, and so." It is like time to go right now. And this feels like a game to me that this is a playoff team you're playing if you're Chicago, a team that has got the better of you, that has totally flipped this thing and basically is doing what you would like to be doing, more or less, playing the way that yeah. you want to play. Like, go show that you deserve another year to compete with these guys. In this game right here. Because if you don't, we're probably done. That to me feels like, maybe not for Justin, but for Eberflus for sure. And uh, maybe for Justin, too. So it feels like we're getting close to that, right? Absolutely. I mean, I was reading uh, Kevin Fishbane, one of our Bears writers' yeah. uh, stories a couple weeks ago um, out of that Lions-Bears games, and the narrative out of Chicago was that Eberflus missed a chance at a signature win against a really good Lions team, mm-hmm. first place in the NFC, still at that point hadn't had an NFC North win to his career right. under his belt. Uh, ended up getting that a week later against the Vikings, but... Um, you lose this one, and if it's a blowout, man. Yeah, right. If it's a blowout, oh, well, yeah. blow out the Bears. Right. That would he's be bad. Done. <laughs> like that, I don't. He might be fired on Monday back. if that happens. Yeah, hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. Um, but if he if he gets this one, and it's an impressive win, and you're showing signs of growth and signs of life, and you kind of have a good run to end the season, he absolutely could be around for another season yeah. because I think you know he's a defensive mind, and their defense is playing well. And like you just need the offense to come along, and maybe that's the switch you sure. make. Maybe Fire you the your quarterback order. instead of yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, or make some moves. Right, like, yeah. whatever. Uh, but I mean, in terms of his group right now, his group is playing well. They just got to get the overall team win. He's the head coach; so that's on him too. Uh, so if you can get a signature win over a Lions team that's nine and three, tied for the second best record in the NFL, that can absolutely help you uh, save your job here. Mm-hmm. So. That will be on his mind for sure, I am sure. Yeah, I would have to think both guys. I mean, if it's not on Fields' mind, then I don't know what the hell's on his mind. Because at this point, he also has to know that, like, look, you're at the end of this thing. The draft situation is what it is. You know who's coming out. They're not going to pass up. They're just not. They're not going if, to. If he doesn't show big growth over the next month, and even if he does, I almost wonder. Because you could still trade him. And it's a situation that they're... It feels like one that would be really hard to sell if you passed up on Caleb Williams or Drake May and kept Justin Fields and it didn't, you know, in like a year down the road, you say, oh, we changed our mind, you know, or whatever. Like, that's what I feel like you'd be doing. Yeah, we'll see, though. But I feel like this is a big game. I feel like this is for the Bears and obviously for Detroit. You need every one of them going forward. So this is actually, I feel like this could be a, I don't want to speak out of school here, but I feel like it could be a good game. Hold on. I feel like this is... uh I know Detroit's good, and I like. I have said this for a year and a half. I like a lot of the players Chicago has. I don't always yeah. love the fits, but I they have a lot of talent. They do have a lot <laughs> of encouraging talent, and like, I don't always love what they're doing, but like when they do put it together, it's. I don't hate it, and I think this could be a good game. An important game too. Yeah. 
Because if you get this one, I think that kind of silences some of the... Uh, mm-hmm. Some of the... That shuts it all down. But the panic that's going around on Twitter, like... I don't know, man. I saw some oh, yeah, saying the Packers are going to win the division. <laughs> They're going to come back. That would be the most SOL thing of all time. I'm just like... 94% chance, guys. But that said, the Packers have won four out of five. Yeah, and Jordan Love's playing good. Down the stretch. These are the teams the Packers played down the stretch. The Giants, the Buccaneers, the Panthers, the Vikings, and the Bears. Those are all winnable, oh, man. Yeah, like, I know be, it would be hard to win like 9 out of 10, uh, and that's what you're talking about, for them to win all five of those. We talked about that last year but, with Detroit, did we not? We were sitting exactly <laughs> in the same situation. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they can get close here, and if the if the Lions go two and three or you know one and four, and that's I don't see that happening because they rarely yeah. lose two in a row. But you never know. Uh, some of these injuries are piling up, so I don't want to put that out there. But like, I do think if you win this one, you feel a lot better about your yeah, I agree. your chances, and just kind of like alleviate some of those concerns out there. I, I would say, yeah. So it's a road game. Yeah. You don't. It doesn't have to be pretty. You're not asking for you know anything a masterpiece. You just need to go get a win. And keep stacking them, and yes, yeah. at some point you're right. People will just stop panicking because they'll the last little bit of whatever will be beaten out of them, and they'll see what this is, which is a playoff level football team. Obviously, they have to finish, but that's what it remains yeah. true. Uh, okay, we got. I think that's about it for this week. You got anything else uh, before you get out of here? Are you getting to Chicago uh, early I'm this not. week? Yeah, I'll probably get there like Friday night. Nice. Um, spend some time with the fam, see some friends. So that'll be a good trip. Is this going to be your last time? When are they moving out of Soldier Field? Are they? I, I don't know. know are they? I, know, I was yeah. going to say. I, didn't, I thought maybe they They keep to... changing like the city location that they're going to be. <gasps> so next year they're, they're and... going to stay? Okay. Well, yeah, I was going to say, this could be your last trip to Soldier Field, but <laughs> also, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> but Chicago's a mess right now because like the White Sox, like uh, Jerry Reinsdorf apparently met with the mayor of Nashville about. What? Maybe potentially moving the Oh my Sox God. Reinsdorf. So. Yeah, what people a, are in panic mode right now. Reinsdorf is just a villain of all, like of all time. Is he not? He's a super villain. Oh my yeah, god! He if he moved the White Sox to Nashville, <laughs> Jesus. Although I gotta say, Nashville would do amazing with a with a. Nashville needs a baseball team. They would. They would yeah. love it. They. Yeah. I was living down there. Um, we'll wrap up after this. I was living down there when the Predators started to become like a thing. And, yeah. oh, my God. Like, I used to go to Red Wings Predators playoff games all the time. They were the most fun thing. The Predators were convinced that they were, like, the rivals of the Red They The fans just yeah. got so into it. They all wore cowboy hats. They didn't give a shit. They loved it. They'd do the same thing with baseball. But, anyway, that's enough yeah. of that. I lived in Nashville. I was in That's right. You were down Tennessee there. Yeah. And, and then I was uh, hired full-time after that. But the summer I got there, like, the first day I moved, I, I got to Nashville, was in the middle of the uh, Predators Stanley Cup. Oh, yeah. Game. When they won. Yeah. Uh, so, that was... That's like awesome. Going on Broadway, seeing like nothing but, but jerseys was awesome. So Nashville's a good sports town. I think they could support yeah. a baseball team. They got the Sounds, the minor league team. They love the play. Titans too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, good stuff. Well, hope maybe not for Chicago, but in any event, <laughs> in any event <laughs> that'll do it for this week. All of our baseball teams are staying. I don't know why, but they are. Uh, our baseball team doesn't do as well. But in any event, James is holding out hope yeah. that the Tigers sign uh, Shohei. Hey, maybe side. James should hold out hope the Pistons Bro. win a game once win a this game? year. For God's yeah. sake. Anyway, <laughs> that's another that's another topic for another podcast. But uh, that'll wrap it up for this week. 
Uh, for Colton, who's going back to Chicago, we'll, we'll be there this weekend uh, to take it all in, and we'll be back next week to talk about it. I am Nick, of course. Be good to each other, and thanks for listening.